The Super Mario series of video games by Nintendo is iconic and has provided us with some of our favourite gaming memories. But which one of them is the best? Is it Super Mario Sunshine, with its fantastic moveset and unique environment? Or is it Yoshi's Island, with its groundbreaking, super-effects-powered visuals and beautiful art style? Join us in this episode of Octal FM as we try to decide which we think is the best ever. Hello and welcome to another episode of Octal FM. I'm Gelada. And I'm Saffron. And today we're going to have an argument. <laughs> I mean, maybe. <laughs> About I... what we think is the best ever Super Mario game. Classic Octal FM, Nintendo, like... I'm, which is weird because I haven't played a, like, a Nintendo game properly for quite a long time like, yeah. and i only own a wii u i don't own a wii i don't own a switch <laughs> yeah i also haven't played a, actually i played a little bit of no i didn't i didn't get a chance to play splatoon 2 in the like global test oh fire. So, man you know i haven't even played that that game obviously it's a nintendo game that we're talking about but our last best ever was the elder scrolls and so you know it's only fair that we give nintendo a little bit of a chance right <laughs> I mean, I feel this time we're going to be maybe a little bit less argumentative and maybe yeah. just more of a discussion yeah. because we, we were kind of talking about it and I said, well, for me, it's going to be between these two games. And you're like, oh, uh, actually, one of those is the games I was going to talk about as well. So we were like, oh, well, I can kind of see your point and you can see mine. Whereas last time it was very much the case if we both had quite strong feelings about mm. our game. So go on. Which one are you going to talk about? I am going to talk all about Super Mario Sunshine for the GameCube. Uh, well, I've gone for Super Mario World 2 at Yoshi's Island on the mm. Super Nintendo. So there's a generation apart there, isn't yeah, there? So there is. With the well, N64 slap in the middle. Yes. With arguably one of the best Mario games on it, which we're not talking about in 64. <laughs> it's like that elephant in the room when you're talking yeah, a little about bit, so. But yeah, so I guess I'd start, like, if you're not familiar with Super Mario Sunshine and you're listening to this, it was a Nintendo GameCube game. It was only the second 3D Mario game after Super Mario 64, as in the core series, obviously, if yeah. you, you know, can't count Mario Kart and stuff like that. And you had things like Luigi's Mansion as well. Yeah, exactly. It came out in 2002. It was not a launch title, which a lot of people were very disappointed about. You had the aforementioned Luigi's Mansion as a launch title. It has a very typical premise Except that this time Mario is on holiday rather than in the Mushroom <laughs> Kingdom. But of course, Peach gets kidnapped and Mario gets framed, weirdly, for polluting the island with weird paint. <laughs> it's got a strange, like, political message to it almost, doesn't it? Yes, because... But it's kind of environmental propaganda. Yeah, and also there's, like, he is put on trial, but it's not really a real trial because there's no one, like, they just... They just sentence him. They don't really like <laughs> argue it, which is kind of funny. Anyway, his punishment is to that he must clean up the whole island of this weird paint. And he is given or he, or he gets a magical water jet, which is such a classic Nintendo thing. It talks. Yeah. It has a name. It's called Flood. And Flood is, of course, a backronym. And it stands for something like fluid liquidizing ultra dispensing device or something i can't remember it's it, got some it, it, that was quite impressive that you came about that quickly even though that's not <laughs> what he actually is that's it's something impressive. like that 
Yeah, and basically you have to clean up all of this paint, uh, and there are a whole bunch of worlds, and you have to collect shine sprites, which is very much a throwback to the stars in Super Mario 64. You know, they clearly realized that worked pretty well uh, for sort of revisiting worlds in a 3D game. So we'll carry on with that. Yeah, that was kind of like the the collectibles era, wasn't yeah. it, Mario? Yeah, definitely. So. Now, see, that's kind of quirky. Mm, I'm not going to use very. the word cool because it's not cool because you're cleaning up, you know, <laughs> mess. Uh, but it's pretty unimportant, really, isn't it? It's like a Mario's on holiday, you know, um, you're going to clean some rubbish up, you know, clean some paint up. Like, that's nothing by comparison to Yoshi's Island in the sense that the, the scale of the story is all about, like, the survival of the biggest character in video gaming and it's all about like you know trying to save him and his brother and if this the, you didn't have this game you wouldn't have this duo you know the, mario and luigi uh yoshi's island is weirdly enough set on the island in which yoshi's inhabit where mario and luigi are babies this is i believe supposed to be like the first kind of quote-unquote canonical game for the two um they're being delivered to their parents question mark <laughs> Um, via a stalk. Don't think about uh, it too much. Which is, no, no, please don't, because it raises a lot of weird questions. Yeah. Was Mario raised by a tribe of Yoshis? Answers um, <laughs> on a postcard. <laughs> oh, God. I, I bet you there'll be like an actual answer that someone will like quote to us. Well, actually, if you read the, you know, the Super Mario guidebook released in 2004. You know what? It, it was probably answered in an Iwata Asks at some point. <laughs> I oh, feel it, like oh, everything those is in are an weird. Asks. Yeah, those are weird. Anyway, sorry. So it was... The idea is is that uh, whilst delivering these two babies of Mario and Luigi, Kamek, the evil wizard in behalf of Baby Bowser, kidnaps the baby Luigi and Mario falls to the earth and is caught by a, a group of Yoshis. The Yoshis then decide that it's going to be their duty to reunite the brothers and to try and rescue them. And that's sort of just the premise of the whole game, going through uh, trying to find Luigi. It's like Kamek captures one baby and then the Yoshis decide, I know what we should do. We should take the other baby there. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, that wasn't maybe the smartest plan. They could have maybe just gone and got Luigi and brought him back rather I mean, they than were taking dinosaurs. Mario with them the whole time. So... But I mean, it's a pretty important story, right? Because I mean, without this, Kamek would have gotten the two uh, the two brothers, and he'd never had any other games ever. It's a yeah. bit more interesting than cleaning up rubbish on an <laughs> island. But I mean, that's just the bump of it, right? That's just kind of the whole background for why you're playing the game. The actual game itself was released in the mid to late 1995. Uh, it was in 96 in Europe because this was the time when games were released, like you know, ages <laughs> apart. Yeah. And it did have a re-release on the GBA, and I believe it's also had like kind of like a remake slash report on the DS as well, 3DS. And it was the eighth best-selling game of the Super Nintendo, selling 4.1 million units, which was pretty impressive. Behind things like Super Mario World, for example, it's kind of like Bigger Brother. Mm. And it's it's a very, very well-loved game, but I think it was probably overshadowed by its big brother in a lot of ways, just because that was so massive mm. in its scope. Mm. But one of the things for me that makes Yoshi's Island stand out um, from its kind of uh, its brother in Super Mario World, but also all the other Mario titles, like and Sunshine included, is that it has very unique and timeless graphics. Uh, I went back to play the game the other day, uh, just kind of get you know, get a refresh of it for this episode. And it's amazing that this game is is like, what, more than 20 years old mm. and it looks really good still. Mm. Um, even on like, you know, SD quality, you know, video and, you know, small little sprites running on like a, what, a 16-bit engine. Yeah. It, it's really, really pretty. Um, it looks really nice. It's very charming. 
it didn't try to outdo its bigger brother because at the time, like that's what everything was about, wasn't it? It's like, oh, the Nick, the, the second game, the sequels has to have better graphics, even though it's on the same console. They didn't bother trying to do that. Like, no. if anything, the graphics almost are kind of quote unquote worse, but because they've gone for this kind of u- unique, interesting art style and this kind of like sort of kind of kind of like a comic book cartoon style, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's also reminiscent of the like Mario sixty four and Yoshi's story thing, where they sort of took a not a step back, but just a step in a different direction of sort yeah. of you know just trying something a little bit different. I think it made quite heavy use of Mode Seven and stuff as well when it was scaling. It the, did, the sprites yeah, and it did. Like that. Yeah, because there was a lot of background sort of background foreground differences between the two, yeah. and then there was like um, some fights where you had to fight like a giant enemy that was kind of like stretched out of proportions, mm. where that was using that to make that work, but it was it just made the game stand out and it definitely began a trend as well where like lots of games from now on that nintendo have made have had this sort of unique art style look at yoshi's story kind of like a almost a semi-sequel to this one mm. and then you had all of like the kirby's games like kirby's epic yarn and then more recently you had like uh, yoshi's woolly world you know mm. all very unique art styles they haven't tried to go for this like, really awesome graphics they've just gone for a a really pleasant aesthetic And I think Super Mario Sunshine definitely did things differently. I think with Mario Sunshine, what is great about it is that it's really sort of Mario 64, but done, but like ready in terms of polished. Yeah, like, but when you reach the GameCube, the hardware was ready to do decent 3D. Um, And actually it still, it stands up really well now for for an old school 3D game. It looks really great. Some of the textures are typically low quality when you compare them to now, but at the time they were amazing and all of the water effects were really good and they used a lot of clever tricks to really to really make it feel really tight um, in terms of the, the graphics and the style of it. And it was very consistent in the way that it was styled and that was probably maybe some of the compromises that they had to make when they were making the game. You know, there's sort of the same special effects are, are used over and over and hmm. the, the whole game has one theme very much. You know, there's sort of, it's all a tropical island and so a lot of stuff is reused and I think that that was how they they sort of got around that rather than some Mario games like Mario 64, where every world looks completely different. You know, it's like one of them is in the desert and the other one is an ice world. You know, you don't really Mm. have that in sunshine in that sense. It sort of almost feels like a spinoff in the way that the fact that it is that kind of, you know, one theme, um, sort of, sort of island. Yeah. But at the same time, there was still loads of variety in terms of the different areas that you could explore. And also, they were really, really big. You know, we were saying before we started that, you know, Mario 64, if you go back and play it, it isn't as big as it felt at the time. But Super Mario Sunshine is still really quite big. You know, there's always, it makes a good use of vertical space as well as horizontal. So there's always lots of tall things. And, you know, and there's some situations like the, there's the hotel on the beach in one of the levels. And the hotel is like a whole level in itself within Mm -hmm. the beach level. And it has its own sprites to get and stuff like that, which is really, really cool. You know, they really sort of explored, okay, well, what can we, how can we get creative with a kind of semi-realistic setting, but with Mario in it, which is sort of different to any other Mario game before. Uh, in that they were always kind of crazy different worlds or, you know, and that kind of thing. And I think it was just, it was just really good in general. You know, it's a really high polygon Mario model as well. There was lots of really good lighting, especially for GameCube era. You know, it still stands up, I think, pretty well today. And the frame rate was good as well. I know it's supposed to be sort of like a discussion about which is better. But one of the things I loved about Super Mario Sunshine was its like heat shimmer effect. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, like that, yes. Considering this is 2002, that was pretty impressive. Yeah, it was. Yeah. 
I mean, there was just, there was a lot to really like about Sunshine's graphics. I think that it didn't need anything better than a GameCube. Like it was, it was good enough on the GameCube. You wouldn't, you know, yes, it would look better on a new console now, but actually it was, it was perfect. It was just the right point. In the same way that Super Mario World is, is the right point on the SNES, you know, and it's sort of like the pinnacle. It feels like Sunshine was on the GameCube. And that's just kind of the, the graphical style and things like that. But also the gameplay was really good in Sunshine as well. You know, you had this, this mechanic, which again, brings it back to this sort of feeling like it's a spin-off. It's not a completely traditional Mario, 3D Mario game like 64 or Galaxy, in that you had this permanent contraption, the, the flood, the weird water jet thing which augmented Mario's moves. Mario has so many moves in Sunshine, like as well as all of his normal running and jumping and stuff, you can interact with the water in interesting ways. Like if you spray some down on the ground and then belly dive onto it, you you like zoom along on the water. The flood itself has a whole bunch of power-ups that you can unlock. So that's kind of similar to the hats in Mario 64, where you could like fly around or be metal or something like that. But these kind of... They, they were almost kind of like, um, I would I, w- I want to say like Metroidvania style in that they unlocked new areas that you couldn't reach yeah, in the same levels. Of level. Yeah, like, and I guess the hat and things like that were similar. But th- when you think about like the Metal Mario in Super Mario 64, that was more of a, a puzzle solving thing. Whereas this is very like these unlocked new areas, you know, you had a rocket and you had a turbo power and stuff like that. You used a good description in your notes in the sense that it made Mario feel like a bit of a parkour guy. Yeah, like it was so, the controls and the physics were so tight. You know, it was so, Super Mario 64 feels very floaty in comparison when you play mm-hmm. Sunshine because you, the movement is really crisp and all the controls feel, you know, it's just really, really sharp. And in fact, it's much closer to Galaxy in how sharp its sort of physics and controls are compared to Super Mario 64. That just showed Nintendo were just getting more and more confident in 3D. You know, they were getting more confident about how to arrange the levels and camera and the controls that they could make them feel really sharp and, and sort of responsive. Now, the thing is, is that maybe they'd just about gotten to the point where they were feeling confident in controlling 3D and, you know, making Mario kind of, uh, you know, be able to jump around a bit more freely and everything. Yeah. But you see, Yoshi's Island, it already done all everything had already done the legwork for it. You know, you'd had some of the best Mario games ever beforehand in, in Super Mario World and Super Mario Land 3, mm. which had perfected the 2D style of platforming. So when Yoshi's Island came around, they didn't have to worry about that. They already had that, that down pat, which meant they had all the time in the world and all the expertise they had on the team to not worry about making just the jumping mechanics and the running mechanics were but that added all these new control features Mm. which i don't think many other games have done to the extent like yoshi had so many more things he could do than mario uh i mean it was the first introduction of the flutter jump you know that's pretty iconic now you think when you think of yoshi you think of the flutter jump being Mm. able to kind of like hover in the air for a short period of time and this added sort of a really interesting way of doing levels in the sense that you could make hard puzzles because the flush jump allowed you to kind of go further. Yeah. But it also added sort of like a crutch for like less kind of experienced players mm. who maybe need a little bit of help kind of like lining up jumps. Because I mean, how often would you play in a more traditional Mario game? Do you have to jump back and forth, back and forth sort of thing in midair, kind of like turning on the spot sort of thing in the air just to kind of hit that platform. But now it didn't matter. You got the floater jump instead. And it made sense. It looked good as well. Like it really looked, felt satisfying to use. So... 
they added like this mechanic, but they didn't stop there. They added more mechanics. They added the ability to say throw eggs. You know, y- mm. Yoshi's traditional eggs that he, he create from this game, from you know eating his enemies or eating fruits or whatever, uh, that he could then throw things, and that added even more puzzle elements to the game as well. Having to kind of like throw your eggs at certain angles to be able to kind of bounce off of walls and hit certain items at a fair distance. It just added so much more puzzle elements to this platforming game. So they had the platforming down pat and they wanted to do more with it rather than just sort of resting on their laurels. And one of the cool things about it as well, if you think about it, it was the first Mario game to fully use all of the SNES buttons. Because you think when they made the SNES, they added a lot more buttons to it compared to the Super, the, the original <laughs> Nintendo Entertainment System. There was only two buttons on that game, yeah. on that controller. <laughs> this one had like what? Eight with the two shoulder pads and the four main buttons. I suppose six if you don't six count the, the start and select the yeah. start. But they all did something different. Uh, you know, one made you jump, one made you throw your eggs, one made you eat, and one made you lock your angle into position for the egg throw. Oh, yeah. yeah. Whereas in Mario World, they all just did the same thing, which was run or jump. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> And this allowed them to add kind of like a, a new way of dealing with the difficulties of the game as well with the Mario mechanic in the sense that you had to protect him. So you, you, you had more control over how you moved and how you attacked and dispatched enemies. But then they added like extra level of difficulty on top of that as well. So it's adding complexity to the game whilst also adding sort of more interesting and fun ways of playing the game. And it had a really cool, interesting tonal shift between when you had to protect Mario and guide him back to when you were just platforming because you'd be kind of like happily going along trying to figure out this particular puzzle, you know, how to hit this uh, this platform with your egg or whatever. And all of a sudden you'd lose Mario and then he'd float off in a bubble and you've got like 10 seconds to go and get him before it's game over. Yeah, And it's so fast. Like, oh my God, you go from, you know, quite chilled out trying to solve this puzzle to oh my god must get mario super stressed out super frantic yeah yeah. and that was a really interesting like it's so simple as well but like the sound design which we can get into later was so perfect as well with the crying of mario the the sudden increase in the tempo of the music um they really just got all these extra things thrown into it which is what the generation was all about as well you got to think it was like it was the super generation you know it wasn't just mario anymore it was super mario (laughs) it it wasn't just castlevania it was super castlevania (laughs) and it was all about it's about making the game super so it added more it gave you new interesting things Mm. and it just refined everything really nicely it's really interesting actually thinking about that mechanic that they had with Mario and the sort of way that they did health in Yoshi's Island. It sort of makes me think that that's kind of an early example of Nintendo experimenting and being a bit creative with that whole thing about how how do you do difficulty? Like, is it just that you have a health bar that goes down or do you kind of have this sort of two-phase thing where it's like you're nearly dead but not quite if you can recover you know and that sort of makes me think around the later stuff around things like super guide and stuff like that i don't know it just feels in my mind it's like a that's sort of a a step in that direction it's like nintendo being creative with some of the difficulty and stuff whereas super mario sunshine admittedly has a very traditional difficulty thing in that you have a you know some health and you have quite a lot actually that's not really where the the challenge comes from in, in sunshine it's more about the the platforming and the puzzles around the different things that you can do with Flood. And actually, it's mm-hmm. interesting as well that we've picked these two games because some of the attributes of the platforming in Yoshi's Island are, are actually present in some ways in Sunshine. Like you talk about the flutter jump and in Sunshine, you have the hover of Flood, which is like a, again, it's like a little safety net where if mm-hmm. your precise jumps don't need to be quite so precise because you've got a hover to sort of help you out a little bit. 
that was actually a real stroke of genius with the fact that this is 3D and it was still difficult and challenging to do 3D platforming with a camera. Having decent shadows and lighting helps a lot with that, but also having a hover that lets you just kind of fine tune a little bit was was a really, really good idea. And also you had the jet, which is very similar to Yoshi's eggs in that you have this sort of physics of firing water off into the distance to try and hit something and stuff like that. But the main thing that you remember about Sunshine when you think about its difficulty and stuff like that is that it is the interesting platforming levels that it had. <laughs> interesting. <laughs> and it had these levels that you would go into and they would tend to be like the secret levels or the, the secret in inverted commas because it would tell you that it was a secret and it would tell you where it was. It would show you when you loaded the level. <laughs> but the challenge was not getting to that, but it was actually when you got into this level. And it would be a much more sort of enclosed, traditional, sometimes time-based platforming, you know, with sort of colored solid platforming blocks in a kind of floating environment. And that's quite reminiscent of things like the Bowser levels in Mario 64. Uh, but also it's kind of like a, a tran you know, a sort of precursor to Super Mario Galaxy. And we'll come on to that a little bit later. And sometimes in these levels you had flood and sometimes you didn't and that was where it was really hard because now you've not got you've been playing this game with the hover uh, you know and all and, and flood helping you out and then it's taken away from you and now you've got to do all this tricky platforming without flood so that was that was quite cool that sort of variety you know even though you know as i said the levels were kind of quite similar in style and that kind of thing you had those secret platforming levels which really broke it up but what else can I say about Sunshine? I mean, you're talking about Yoshi and Yoshi's Island. And of course, Super Mario Sunshine had Yoshi and you could ride Yoshi. He was a little bit superfluous in Super Mario Sunshine, I think. But I think that Yoshi has just kind of become superfluous in 3D Mario games anyway. Because Whoa, 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 whoa. Slow down there, Sunshine. <laughs> How can you say that about my titular character? <laughs> I'm not having any of this. Oh, I'm reaching he was, for the for the stop record button. He was yeah. <laughs> he was he was good in the in the 2D games, but in the 3D ones, in Sunshine. Okay, I guess this is I'm criticizing the game that I'm trying to you know sell here. But in Sunshine, he's a cool addition, but he doesn't do a huge amount. He can change color by take by drinking different fruits, and there are some puzzles around that. But he's not like he doesn't add loads no. of moves because no, you have fair. flood. And Flood has so many things that you can do that actually getting mm -hmm. on top of Yoshi is like a downgrade because riding Yoshi around, you can only jump and it's not quite so, you know, you've not quite got so much variation there. So it was still cool to have Yoshi in the game, that's for sure. The thing is, what they've tried to do there is they've tried to shoehorn in another feature yeah. into a game that is basically Super Mario 64 plus, yeah. right? So they've just tried to do more things without actually thinking it through. And don't get me wrong, I do like Sunshine. It has done some interesting things, as you've already talked about. But it still feels like that kind of black sheep kind of stepping off points for this series. Whereas Yoshi's Island was very much its own thing. Despite the fact that it's even got the same title, you know, name in its title, it's Super Mario World 2 Yoshi's Island. It doesn't really have much to do with its big brother in Super Mario World at all. Mm. It's, it's so much its own thing and it's yeah. so unique, but not in a kind of like quirky sort of uh, shoehorned way like Sunshine's done. It's really crisp and very well thought out. It's a lot less about the more pure platforming 
kind of like how you describe with your secret level, so to speak. And it kind of creates a new style of platformer. And one of the really unique things, I think, in almost all of 2D platforming at this point, and I could be wrong, so you can, you know, tweet us with games that have maybe done it sooner, but Yoshi Island added trackable collectibles. Whereas before mm-hmm. this game, you think most game platforms had collectibles in them, but they were just sort of there. Like in Mario, like even Super Mario Land 3, for example, Super Mario World 3, no, Land 3, yeah. No, Super Mario Brothers 3, because Land was the one on the Game Boy, wasn't it? They were good <laughs> games. You know, you had coins, but you didn't need to get them. Like, they were just there. And <laughs> yeah. in, say, Sonic games, you had the rings. And yeah, yeah which you had to get one ring just to make sure that you didn't die. But that's kind of it. Whereas in Yoshi, although they aren't needed for anything necessarily, they are tracked. So you know your, percent- your percentage at the end of each level. Let's say you got 78% of all the collectibles. So you know, oh, I'm going to have to go and replay that level. And you can replay the levels as many times as you want, which is really nice. You don't have to kind of like remake a new game or anything. You can go and hunt them down. It's like that one elusive flower petal or that one like red coin that is just sort of a bit awkward to get to. And they have to make like a really difficult jump to be able to make it. And that added replay value too. If you didn't really care that much about collectibles, you could just kind of skip past them, enjoy the level. You're not being punished for it, but you're rewarded for it if you go after it with that completion sensing, which is amazing how much a, a number on a screen makes to gamers. <laughs> but it also gave you access to like little mini games at the end of the round, which would give you, uh, you know, kind of like extra lives and stuff like that, which it's nice because it's so its own thing. And Yoshi didn't try and just sort of like bandwagon, which I feel like maybe some of the other traditional Mario games have done and just relied on its legacy. The collectible stuff is really cool in in Yoshi's Island. And actually, there were a couple of things there that you mentioned going back to Yoshi and about trying to shoehorn something in. That was one of the criticisms of Sunshine was that it seemed a little bit rushed. And so it's sort of like it's got these extra things and it doesn't necessarily need them. But I kind of think, well, it's just kind of cool to have Yoshi in it. You know, people wanted Yoshi in Super Mario 64. He was kind of there at the top he of, was the sort ca- of, there. of the castle. And so, you know, getting him in, I think, is really cool. And it's sort of like, you know, we haven't forgotten about Yoshi kind of thing. There were also quite a lot of collectibles in Sunshine. It was not necessarily recorded, but in terms of like collect all these coins to get a shine and stuff like that. I think that was cool because it let you really explore the environments and you sort of found little secrets and there was so much detail in the environments Mm -hmm. that that worked really, really well. But I can definitely see that, you know, that collectibles style of thing in Yoshi's Island was really cool and it worked really well in that game, in that environment. It feels like there's actually a lot of similarities between these two games in, 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 in some ways. There are in debating them. I think we've realised that yeah. actually that they they're both really unique, but they're both unique in similar ways. Mm. If that sort of makes sense. Yeah, and I think another way that they that they're both good is that they both have very high quality music. Mm. I think Sunshine in particular, it has very good music, but also has very good sound effects. You know, I think that just in general, every that that kind of ties into what I mean about the sort of polish and tight feel of it. And um, the sound effects work really well. The water sounds and stuff like that. And like the rest of the game, the music has a quite a consistent theme and feel. It's very kind of tropical and there's lots of steel drums and stuff like that. But it also has just some great melodies. You know, Delfino Plaza Overworld is, you know, the sound of that when it starts, the little accordion that as the music begins, it's just very, it's very iconic and very, you know, very memorable, but also not annoying and not too repetitive. And they all sort of played off that same theme you also had the like acapella music in the platforming levels which was yeah really that cool. was cool there was yeah, like traditional cool. mario music that one. 
that was very, very cool. So there was some variety in it, but in general, it was sort of, it was just kind of polished and it sounded orchestral, even though it wasn't. And, you know, I, I really, really liked it. I think it was a big step up from Mario 64 in terms of music. Yeah, Mario 64 did have some some fairly memorable pieces of music like the one for me was always like the underwater yeah music that was that was quite good but it wasn't super like standouty whereas i think yoshi's island very much does have some standout tracks that you can really remember and they were quite unique and quirky as well like they weren't like just another 2d mario platformer style of music like the levels sort of had like this kind of weird sort of beat to them. I don't know. It's hard to describe without maybe playing the music anyway. So you mm. go, on, go, on, look, go on YouTube and look look at a soundtrack or something or listen to a soundtrack, I should say. And they did really interesting things with the music as well. Like they'd have the music, but then they have kind of like interesting remixes on them. I mean, the most famous one, and I think this is quite a well-known one, was like the fuzzy renditions of, of music. I don't know if you ever played the fuzzy levels. Mm, not sure. It's like touch, touch fuzzy, get dizzy. Basically, the idea was that you get like all kind of dizzy and psychedelic if you touch like a little fuzzy dandelion spore, uh-huh. <laughs> and it made Yoshi like kind of fall around like he was almost drunk. Uh-huh. But it made the music go all kind of like slurred and like kind of slowed down and then sped up at oh, times. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I do know. And the music for Yoshi's Island definitely set the tone for the more interesting style of music in the later Yoshi games. So, you know, things like Yoshi Story, uh, Yoshi Story, and what Woolly World, and. That wasn't the only thing I think that this game did for for Yoshi as a character and as a series because it was it was Yoshi's first solo game, right? Mm. If you don't count Baby Mario being there, because I know Mario's name is on the title before Yoshi's name is, but he's very <laughs> much the side character. Yes. It's very much about Yoshi. It's or a Yoshi, Yoshi game. It doesn't say. even count in this best ever Mario. It's a Yoshi game. Oh <laughs> God damn! No, it's Super Mario World Two. It counts. <laughs> And it spawns so many other interesting titles. Again, I don't think any of the Yoshi games are traditional, other than mm. in the sense that they're traditionally Yoshi games now, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think that Nintendo is like Yoshi's are the one, Yoshi's games are the ones that can be quirky, right? Because Mario is yeah. the is the flagship, and then Yoshi is like Luigi's Mansion as well. You know, the, yeah. you use the other characters to do something a bit different. And I, I think that Nintendo wouldn't have quite the same level of enjoyment without this game mm. because. Or Nintendo games would have the same. So like, I just, it just seemed to pioneer things for me. Like uh, the just the mechanics, like the flutter mechanics. It added a really interesting new character in Yoshi. Well, I know he was already introduced, but really fleshed him out into an actual character yeah, rather yeah. than just like a rideable, equipable sort of thing mm. from from World. And all the games have been really interesting. Like Yoshi's Story was like so hit and miss. Like people hated it because it was so weird, but it was really interesting because it looked so different and it had like really interesting kind of fruit collecting mechanics. Mm. And they did like Woolly World on the Wii U, which is just gorgeous. If you look at it, it's Mm. so pretty. The games continue to innovate every time there's a new one of those in their own way. Whereas Mario recently has become a bit stale, in my opinion. Mm. More, some of the more recent Mario games are very much the same as last time. I think Galaxy was the last true sort of new yeah. Mario game. I mean, let's see how Odyssey goes, because I mean, I think yeah. that's supposed to be a little bit different, which is, I think, like you've said before, it it kind of feels a little reminiscent to Sunshine. Yeah, I think that where Yoshi's Island is an example of some really strong innovation, I think that Sunshine is a is a strong example of Nintendo's refinements and the way that, you know, it feels like Sunshine is a transition from Super Mario 64 to Super Mario Galaxy. 
you know, it's sort of they're working their way towards building that epic platforming game that they wanted to build with Super Mario 64, but couldn't because of the limitations of the hardware. And Sunshine is like, okay, well, let's get all of that sort of polished and sorted, but maybe, you know, take things steady on the variety and the levels and stuff like that in terms of graphical environments and stuff like that. And yeah, I can really see Super Mario Sunshine in some of the footage we've seen from Super Mario Odyssey at the time of recording. I think the Odyssey also shares a similar gimmick in quotes uh, mechanic in that Sunshine has Flood and in Odyssey you have your hat which can take control of other things in the environment. Uh, and that sort of remind you know, it's like Mario has a thing that he does. And it's like, mm-hmm. that's a very, that's a very typical Mario thing, but also specifically something like Sunshine or Odyssey compared to Galaxy, which is more, well, Galaxy, you had the transformations Mario. actually, didn't you? You did have the transformations. You, well, yeah, but they were more reminiscent of the traditional power-ups. Yeah, where, exactly. Like you know, the Fire Flower and the, um, exactly. the Raccoon Tail and things like that. Whereas this is very much a, this is the unique thing that Mario can do in this game. Exactly, like for the whole thing, instead of power-ups, yes. you're exactly right. You know, so I, I think that that's, that's why I like Sunshine a lot. It feels like a, a, a really interesting refinement in, in Mario's 3D journey and history. Uh, I think that the setting is really cool. I think that they explored a lot of stuff and I think it just feels great. I think that's the thing about Sunshine is that it, it feels mm. great when you play it compared to Mario 64, which felt good as well. But Sunshine, great. <laughs> feels great. See, I, I I really wish you hadn't chosen Sunshine because <laughs> I've hated kind of like arguing it because I really like Sunshine. Yeah, yeah. It, it, all your points are really good. <laughs> uh, but to me, Yoshi's Island will always be one that I will remember most fondly mm, of those two, yeah. if only because it's just so interesting and unique and quirky. Mm. And I love Yoshi as a character, and that this is this game is the reason for it. I yeah. remember sitting down and playing the game and thinking, "This is a really cool character. You can do these really cool moves with like throwing his eggs and jumping and everything." And it just edges it out for me. Yeah. And if you'd have if you'd have chosen any of the Mario game, if you'd have chosen Mario sixty four, I think I'd have just gone, you know, gone to town and just say, "Nope, this is better, no question." Yeah. But in this instance, I think we might be at a bit of a dead heat. I don't Mm. know. I agree that I think that Yoshi's Island is what cemented Yoshi as a character in in Nintendo in terms of, you know, really made him very likable and got people on board with him. And I think that that is a really strong plus for Yoshi's Island in that it's like, I don't know, it's just like a real strong piece of Nintendo Mario history. history, Whereas Sunshine is actually a little bit of a sideline game you know it's a really good game but also often gets overlooked yeah it does get overlooked and i think that yoshi's island gets overlooked as well in some ways as a mario game but as a yoshi game it's like no this is the yoshi game right like it's a good point yoshi yoshi's island is the yoshi game and super mario sunshine is not the mario game that's for sure like it but it is a really good mario game and i i think you're right like they are both really good in different ways. So we couldn't decide which was the best one ever after <laughs> all that. But maybe you can. Maybe you do have a, a very fond love of the older Yoshi's Island. Or maybe you are like Jal and you think that Super Mario 60, uh, Super, sorry, Super Mario Sunshine <laughs> was just massively underrated. Despite the fact that interesting, like you said, it was actually really well critically received. Uh, yeah. then do let us know or maybe you think we're just a bit rubbish and we really should have just talked about one of the really core games <laughs> or maybe something like i don't know mario teaches typing oh you know? maybe maybe, that, maybe, maybe. mario maybe golf that's your... <laughs> mario kart. actually you're joking mario kart we didn't talk about because it's not a mario game no, true, you know true, what i mean true, true. Yeah. because 
probably Mario Kart is one of the best <laughs> Nintendo <laughs> games out there. Yeah. But, you know, let us know which you think is the best one too, uh, because there are so many of them and so many of them are so interesting in their own ways and you could have entire series of episodes dedicated <laughs> to discussing them. So do let us know. Yeah, definitely. As always, you can tweet us at OctalFM. You can email us, show at octal.fm. You can come and find us on Facebook. Uh, just search OctalFM on our Facebook page. Uh, and if you've enjoyed this episode, oh, we didn't pre-prepare with what are the other good episodes to, to listen to if you've enjoyed this one. We've done some Nintendo episodes already, haven't we? We have, of course. So, I mean, pretty much all the episodes that we, we've done regarding anything to do with video gaming has probably got something to do with Nintendo. Something to do with Nintendo in it, yeah. You can listen to us argue about The Elder Scrolls, and that was another one where we did a sort of best ever in, in, the, in this mini mini theme maybe you preferred the more argumentative style of that one <laughs> rather than the more discussion base of this one whichever you prefer maybe one we'll do more of in future actually also our playing favorites episode where we talk about our favorites games consoles which was a really long one that was that was a uh, nearly an hour and our joint favorite in that was the nintendo gamecube which obviously is what some super mario sunshine was on so that's kind of a cool one to listen to there's also the history of platformers as well because oh, you know yeah. these are both kind of platform games yeah um and th they are such a an old net but very venerable genre mm. that that's worth looking into if you're even remotely interested in anything to do with platformers yeah definitely um so yeah go and have a listen to those if you haven't already if so you're going jump to it if you're a regular subscriber and you're like oh, i've already listened to all of them then you know just just look out for the for the next episode i have no idea what we're going to talk about next uh, but we will there will be more exciting things to come uh, so stay tuned and uh, in the meantime i've been gelada and I've been Sephiroth. And catch us again for another episode very soon. You didn't say anything about my pun. What pun? You... They, they've got to oh, go and jump, jump to it. To it. Oh, very good. I didn't even notice. Oh, oh, God. Too Damn subtle. Too oh, well, subtle. Well, now this can be an outtake. So now. <laughs> That's true. Everyone so else. now people will get it. Now people will get it. That added replay value too. So you, if you didn't really give it. Nearly. <laughs> so now, oh, I was like, I can't say that on the podcast. <laughs> Um, so. Sorry, I thought you were going to segue straight away there. I can, I can carry on if you want to. I can go into like my bit and then you can talk. Yeah, go on. Yeah, you do that. Okay.